Hey, Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. I don't care how you guys do it up north. Ah, my hard step fall. Hit the theme music. Nailed it. No, he takes a step forward and because he's like, you should do it. Oh, he takes a step forward in one. Yeah. Night. Okay. Right. The dang squirrel gun, Daniel. It's a squirrel gun. That's uh, the number one method to execute somebody. Yeah, number one killing method in the Ozarks. Yes. Welcome, dear listener readers. Hello, everyone. To the sound of me pouring sake. Yeah. <laughs> to slow readers. Your weekly fast-paced literature podcast. Brought to you by Top Gun Radio. Here, the conversation's always on books. <laughs> it's always on reading. It's always on drinking and talking. <laughs> it's always on trying to take a very quick sip. Uh-huh. While at the same time introing your show. Exactly. I have the temperance and the dignity to wait. Yeah, but I just poured this and I really wanted to sip. It's the last of my uh, Nagori. Oh, man. Nagori? Is that the name of this brand? Um, I, I think so. Yeah. Uh, it's it's always kind of a... Uh, that's one you buy. I thought, um, uh, Nagori or Nagori is a kind of sake as well. Yeah, okay. I think that's what it was. Anyway, uh, who are you, person? Wait, don't forget our branding. Oh, uh, this is America's... Fucking podcast. What is it called? It's the only explicit literature podcast in oh. all of podcastdom. You That's won't catch right. the guys in overdue saying words like fuck. No, because they're weaklings. Because they're cowards. And we're here to bring the smackdown on them. We're the we're, <laughs> you might say that we're the real Alex Jones of the comedy literature world. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> terrible. We talk like like wrestling pros. Yeah. The frogs are turning gay! <laughs> The frogs are turning us guy. I hate that man. With my whole being. Um, um, you know, I haven't heard his name in a long time. Thank God. You know, it, it, I, it's one of those things where it's like it, something that you used to hear every single day. Yeah. And it's actually been the longest time since like somebody has like I'll see his name in reference, but like he's out of the news. Yeah. Isn't that great news? Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Right? I'm I'm so glad. I don't know. Anyway. Okay. So who are you? I'm Gabe Mara. <laughs> I'm a comedian, a podcast producer. I'm a writer, and every now and again, I tend the bar. What about you, Daniel? The I'm Daniel Gonzalez. Uh, I'm an audio editor, producer, writer, and an author of fiction. That's you. And if you like the sound of us prattling on about bullshit. Prattling Jack. I just had to say, do a couple things. Hit one button. Yeah. One button. It's going to be the follow button. Mm -hmm. And then with that same button, leave a review. Mm -hmm. It's five stars. And it's like, dear... Uh, slow readers. I forgot the name of the show. Wow. Slow readers, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, we Dear love dudes. we love hearing cursing and book talk. Yeah. Yes. Hey, if you want a T-shirt that says "The Only Explicit Bomb Literature Podcast" <laughs> on all of them podcastdom, then you know what? We'll, I'll make you one by hand. What would that be? I mean. It oh, could just be really, really black. Like Frankie says, relax. Just nothing but thick black font. <laughs> okay. I dig yeah. that. That's all one button. All yeah. you gotta do is do it. Just press one button for us, listeners, to help us make our show grow. Um, mm-hmm. Press subscribe, press follow, give us a star count. And if you can be bothered, please write us a review. We need you. Daniel and I can't do this show without you <laughs> because uh, I am, I'm real needy and Daniel is a dying child. I'm a dying child. I need uh, you know, some more sock. There's a whole pile of rocks on Daniel's chest and you know what's going to get him off? Likes and subscribes. What's going to get me off or get the rocks off? Get the off? rocks off. Okay. Jesus. Or get your rocks I'm off. I'm getting my rocks off? I yes. mean, was that purposeful? <laughs> no. Okay. I mean, maybe that's the metaphor behind um the echoes of neighborly bones. Uh, echoes and echoes of neighborly bones. Echoes of neighborly bones. Echoes of neighborly bones. Echoes of neighborly bones. Hey! You know what? Better than when we did it before recording. Yeah. Daniel and I are just like, listeners always remember, Top Gallon Studio, as beautiful as it is, is mostly just two men sitting in a closet. 
and then clapping and singing and clapping and singing songs and also like we run out of air so like our yeah. our thinking gets very thin yeah and usually we're yeah. drinking where we just got up from sleep oh my god yeah no that's a good point oh speaking of which yeah we have a story to talk about we did indeed and uh gabriel we this this particular short story was uh was something that i picked yeah um, it's a story that i read before but didn't necessarily remember oh okay i've read most of the the the, the entire collection what's um, the collection the collection well the uh, book collection that we're reading from is The Outlaw Album by Daniel Woodrell. 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 Not Wood- Woodrell. 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 Mm-hmm. It's almost a draw sound, but... It, you know. Yeah, but it's not. Yeah. It's like saying um, it's like saying um, Ryu's actual name in, in like Japanese. It's a Ryu? It's like Ryu. Yeah. Like the R sound is so Ryu. And, and I believe that's how it's pronounced because I, I looked up a couple of uh, him giving like speeches and whatnot and everyone seems to be pronouncing it Woodrell. Um, um, let's talk about um, like the Street Fighter character. Oh, no, no. You saw, you saw no, that's Ryu all you. make some speeches, <laughs> some really sweet speeches about walking off in the distance after beating up a man. Yeah, something like that. It's just like it's an attempt talking at colleges. Yeah, go home and be a family man. <laughs> Gabriel. That's Guile. So I'm here. I'm I'm really excited to talk about Daniel Woodrell. Please do. You've been talking about Daniel Wood, Woodrell to me for years. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. After you and I both saw Winter's Bone in theaters back, what, 20... 2010. Wow. Yeah. It's been about that long. And that's also how long it's as it's been since uh, Jennifer Lawrence became like a massive like movie star and whatnot. Yeah, and, and um, whatnot, I believe but... we saw it at the Brooklyn Academy of Music. I believe we did. And it was a really good... Okay, we're getting too far ahead of our time. Ga- uh... Gabriel, do you know anything about Daniel Woodrell? What Fuck do you know? no. Okay. Nothing. I know he's from the Ozarks. Yes. Uh, Woodrell was born in the Missouri Ozarks, which is the setting for most of his fiction. And the setting for Jason Bateman's show, Ozark. 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 Including those two ladies who unfortunately got kicked off of uh, Lego Masters. They're oh, from yeah. the Ozarks as well. Yeah. God, Lego Masters is so good. It's a good show. It's a great show. Uh, his stories often involve uh, small country communities where everybody knows each other's business and most importantly, knows each other's family's, uh, family history. Sure. So like I, like, I would judge you... Based on not just like what you are and whatnot, but like I'll say like your grandfather did this, and me, like me and my that, kin. That still that still hangs over you and whatnot. Sure. Um, and, and yeah, this all comes from the fact that like this is the world that Woodrow was actually born into. Um, his most famous, uh, uh, his most well-known novels, I should say, are 1987's Woe to Live On, 1998's Tomato Red, 2006's Winter's Bone, and 1996's Give Us a Kiss, A Country Noir. Hey! The term country noir is often used to describe his, his subgenre of storytelling, which often involve uh, mystery, cynicism, death and murder, downbeat endings, and a characterful depiction of location. And meth! And meth! Uh, Woodrell uh, himself isn't actual a fan of using this term for all of his fiction because it I thought you were going to say Woodrell himself is not a fan of doing meth. Yeah, he's not a fan of meth. Well, look at that. I'd hope so. Uh, isn't a fan of using this term for all of his books. For example, Winter's Bone doesn't have a nihilistic ending that a noir story should have. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, there are people who would define the term noir in a way that would include just about every book. And I'd say, yeah, we have a word for that. It's called book. Ha. <laughs> Um, he grew up around brutal. Woodrow bringing the sass. <laughs> he's a sassy boy. He's a sassy boy. He's a sassy boy. <laughs> Daniel Woodrow, sassy yep. boy. Sassy boy. Uh, he grew up around like brutal violence as a kid, like actual like men fucking hurting each other like openly and whatnot in public. Is he Uncle Teardrop? Uh, but but Uncle Teardrop is basically like yeah he knew many Uncle Teardrops going up, growing up. Uh, he Believe dropped it. he dropped out of high school to join the Marines where he witnessed more violence. Sure. Uh, that's that said he <laughs> what speak, a fun life. He speaks from experience by saying that like although his stories often involve violence and very dark subjects and uh, which are very like again. Uh, are very uh, sorry I thought <laughs> they were gonna look down and be like we're not recording. No no no. <laughs> okay. Um. That uh, as much as like all the stories involved like like 
the violence of like the, the Ozarks and whatnot. Of, like the rural crime scene from a scene? from a very personal and from uh, what do you call it? like experiential uh, uh, experience like you know experience from his um, yeah, he, he, past he abhors violence like Good. outright like he knows that violence is like this gross ugly thing that is that is truly terrifying. So yeah, that's something really interesting that like even though his stories are again very very violent, he yeah. personally does not like violence. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, because of this, uh, growing up as the quote unquote weakling of three brothers sure uh he developed a biting use of language as defense hmm. often in his fiction he employs characters who are incredibly articulate uh for example uh winter's bone uh, her- uh winter's bones heroine mm-hmm. uh re dolly uh re please spell that re r-e-e dolly as in a doll was it one word no, no, two words. Okay. First name, Re, last name, Dolly. The la- the family name was Dolly. Oh, okay. I forgot about that. Uh, for example, in Winter's Bone, she navigates uh, herself through like really dangerous situations. And primarily her weapon in that is like knowing what to say and when to say it. And also like when not to speak uh, in certain things. Like it is like that is her weapon that she Just uses. like Doctor Who. Exactly. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, side note. Uh, here's a little fun thing. Uh, he said in a 2011 interview that his neighbor that his neighborhood was dealing with a meth house. Oh boy! Uh, that and he and like his family's uh, property was actually right next door to the meth house itself. Oh, what year was he born? Uh, oh, I think like 66. He was born in the 60s. Okay. Um, no, 50s. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. Early earlier 50s. He's like six. I think he is 66. Uh, <clears throat> but anyway, uh, Woodrow would often keep a club by the door for when he had to confront those people. Yikes. Uh, the house had recently was condemned. He was like saying, it's like, yeah, I recently had to fucking deal with these like meth heads. He's like meth, uh, chemists. Cooks. C- cooks. Yeah. Cooks. There you go. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Uh, huh, moving on. Uh, Ang Lee adapted Woe to Live On into Ride with the Devil in 1999. Starring Jewel. The, uh, unf- yeah, unfortunately she's okay. She's just not. Pretty, the the yeah. Civil War film starring Tobey Maguire and Jeffrey Wright, among many others, uh, <clears throat> was a commercial flop. The 2010 adaptation of Winter's Bone was critically and commercially successful. Uh, directed by Deborah Granick, the film starred John Hawks and featured a lead performance by uh, then 19-year-old Jennifer Lawrence that basically propelled her into like the career that the Jennifer Lawrence that we know here and yeah, uh, today. it wasn't her cameo in that Anton Yelkin and Felicity Jones movie. Yeah, it wasn't that one, no. Um, and also, that's like one of my favorite movies of all time. The Anton Yelkin one? No, the Winter's Bone. Just kidding. I know. Just kidding. Uh, basically, uh, and also Juanita Wilson also adapted Tomato Red into a film in 2017 starring cool. Julia Gardner. I love Julia Gardner. Uh, the movie won a bunch of awards. Uh, I've never heard of it. Country? Yeah, no, it kind of like came in, it kind of came and went. I don't know. It's a very like small indie movie though. All right. Uh, it was fun. I think if it came out like in the years after Winter's Bone, it would have been like a big deal. Yeah. Um. I got my, my fingers on the pulse of like like award winning indies with like crime elements. True that. Uh, a couple more things. Um, Woodrow him, uh, appeared in a 2011 episode of Anthony Bourdain's No Reservations, set in the Ozarks. Cool. Uh, Woodrow goes fishing with Bourdain and is filmed breaking his shoulder in an accident. Awesome. <laughs> Which I I have not seen. I want to see it. <laughs> yeah, you should. I'm um, cut in the audio to the episode now. Here here it is. Oh fuck my fucking shoulder! God ha, damn it! Ha, there ha, goes, there goes Daniel. <laughs> that stupid asshole. Exciting what, a great, what great footage! Great footage. Love um, it. Uh, one last Listen thing. Listen, peace, Anthony. <laughs> Tony. One, one last thing. 2011's The Outlaw Album, what we're reading from, mm-hmm. uh, collects Woodrow's short fiction. The story we read was first published in an anthology called Murderland, issue vo- issue number one. Murderland. Murderland, like Murderland, but Murderland. Which is sure. uh, also featured. Sounds like you're, like, like Timbaland. Yeah, it's it's hard to say. It's um, 
It's uh, actually featured in, uh, oddly enough, when you look it up, that's um, it, there was like a, a, what do you call it, like an alleyway or something like that in Baltimore called Murderland that features oh. in The Wire. Um, but anyway, uh, he hasn't published anything, weirdly enough, since The Maid's version in uh, 2013. I don't know why. Like, he's hmm. been quiet. Like, all this stuff that I'm saying, it's like, oh, yeah, in 2011, he gave all these interviews. He did this and that. Uh, sure. He published the thing in 2013, and I haven't heard about anything else that he's going through since then. He's just chilling. He's, he's wearing chilling. his old um, Def Leppard t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, he's doing the Miyazaki thing. Yeah, just chain, chain smoking, smoking and Def Leppard Yelling shirts. at kids. I don't know. I mean, it, it, uh, for listeners' sake, it was... I mean, technically, there was a seven-year gap between Winter's Bone and uh, The Maid's Tale, which were the two novels. The Everything Maid's in between, version? He, he, Maid's version, thank you. That... um. In between, between there, like was like short story collections and like reissues and whatnot. So like he definitely has slowed up his pace. Come on, Dan, pick we'll up see. the pace. Also, I don't think the maid's version was like that well received. That's but. too bad. Anyway, so okay, yeah, like, what's what's that book about? Uh, the maid's version? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. In what in what world in the Ozarks are there maids? Um, I don't know, but I'm sure it had something. I every you know I've read what that story is about a uh-huh. bunch of times. I have no idea what it's about. Okie dokie, Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. But moving on. Getting Woodrell. into Daniel Woodrell's Wood- Woodrell. uh, story, The An Echo of Neighborly Bones. The Echo of Neighborly Bones. Echo of Neighborly Bones. Echo of Neighborly Bones. Echo of Neighborly, Echo of Neighborly, Echo of Neighborly Bones. Hey! Boom! All right, Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. Can you do us a favor? Yeah. Can you tell us what happens in An Echo of Neighborly Bones? It is a very, very short story. It's not Carver short, but it's certainly short. Mm-hmm. It is about... A, our protagonist, whose name is Boschel? Bo- Boschel, I'm going to guess, but it, it sounds is like... It like faintly... Michelle, except instead of a man, it's a bow? It's a lot like we're like, um, what am I thinking of? It, it's like there's something like weirdly like Americanized French about it, you know? Like mm. Woodrell itself, that sounds like a French name. Yeah, but like... um, uh, I was going to make a game out of this, but I genuinely couldn't find anything truly interesting besides this. Mm-hmm. Um, The name Ozarks is um, theorized to come from French for... Like A-U-X space A-R-C-S. Okay. Um, Ozarks, <clears throat> which is like our, like, like at the arcs. Yeah. Uh, at the arches. Yeah. The, it, I mean, again, I don't know much about the Ozarks itself, like, mm-hmm. I, I, as you said, but like, yeah, there, there's something weirdly like French, if like French was just kind of like plant, like if a bunch of French men kind of like were planted in an area and then like were yeah. left 200 years in the mountains. Yeah, a bunch of dudes are like, like, uh, just go on ahead to, to New Orleans. We're going to stay here in the mountains because we don't give a shit. Exactly. They're like, yeah, they're like the French people who didn't go to New Orleans. Yeah, because they didn't care anymore. <laughs> okay, but. um, So, um, Boschel, I'm just going to Boschel, works yeah. for me. Um, a man in the Ozarks named Boschel, <laughs> he uh, um, has a bit of a quarrel with his neighbor, Jefferson. I hope he solves it. Uh, 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 peacefully. And he solves it by shooting him in the fucking heart of a squirrel gun. Mm. Um, afterwards, he drags the body while lecturing it multiple times, um, putting a hatchet in its chest, drags it to the woods, covers it with rocks, and heads home. His wife is well aware of what he did mm-hmm. and is just completely chillsville with it. Um, yeah, she, uh, I, I love that well, that little bit where she's just like, where he's like, eh, like, where are you even up to? Ah, eh, just that. And it's just like, what about, and he's like, I probably have to move that body. And she goes like, yeah, you should probably yeah, take him out of, out of the back, dude. Like, don't do it when the neighbors are looking. Yeah, there's something very, just <laughs> everything, including the violence is incredibly like cavalier and casual. Yeah. That it's, it's almost like the language is very fascinating. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um, eventually, um, Boschel decides to move the body and he decides to... Does he bury it? Or he just chops it up? Or um, he's, he's on his way to do it? He, uh, 
what no the like, timeline is he, a little confusing it is oh well, yeah he uh well after after like that because basically yeah as you said like first he shoots the person then he like he like like leaves the body somewhere then, co- then covers it with stones and during that thing he has this thing where he decides to quote-unquote kill him again yeah to like to, to kind like, of like taunt the body to taunt the body but clearly he's kind of like exuding his frustrations out on the, on the body and then basically after he uh, covers it with stones he's like i need to move him so they he literally takes the body and dumps it into the well of like his family's old like abandoned oh, okay property. it was the well yeah gotcha so um after he does that um he goes home and just watches tv with ev with ev his wife they see an advertisement for some dogs in a shelter and it's revealed and like and, and ev breaks down crying it's revealed to us that what had happened was jefferson had shot the family dog had shot um bitsy yeah um ev and boschel's dog because the dog had been stealing and killing jefferson's chickens yes um, and like, uh, there's, there's some earlier dialogue about like, you better keep your dog away from my chickens or else I'll shoot that damn dog in the stomach. Yeah. And Boschel is like, man, that's not very neighborly of you. And yeah. Jefferson's like, I don't give a damn. I'm from, I'm not from here. I don't know you people. We're not neighbors. Why? Who, who, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> and then the end of the story, um, Bushel just heads off into the night after grabbing a pitchfork of sorts, mm-hmm. a frog, a four-tined frog gig yeah uh there's some this is like giving me flashbacks to like reading mccarthy books because like they were evolved to there there's like like tools that like i don't know what a three-tined frog gig is yes it's a kind of pitchfork okay that's it i looked it up yeah all right well i know i'm not familiar with gig being used in that kind of way me neither maybe you have to be from the ozarks it's a yeah it's a it's a very like like a th- a quarter of the country knows how to, what a gig is, and we don't. Like all, and like also like like calling something a holler. It's like what the fuck's a holler? Yeah. Oh, it's a hollow. It's an area. <laughs> but um, yeah, and then um, Bushel just goes whistling on down the way with his um with his pitchfork, probably aiming to do some more poking. Yeah, to to, to stab the body from the, the from body the top of the ever, well even further. Yeah. So again, like the story, it's. My my summary of it is not at all indicative of how it's told. The story is told in a very, very interesting use of language and timing and pacing. Mm-hmm. And if you want to break it down step by step, a new neighbor from the north. Uh, I think you said like Missouri, not Missouri. Minnesota. Minnesota, thank you. Minnesota. A new neighbor from Minnesota. Who, who is Jefferson, mm-hmm. by the way. Who is Jefferson. Yeah. Moves into the Ozark neighborhood. And he is, you know, high and mighty like you northerners all yeah. are. And... Uh, um, when his chickens keep on getting killed by the family, by the by Boschel and Ev's dog, mm-hmm. he threatens to kill the dog, and then he apparently does, and for that, um, Boschel kills him, and then continues to relish um, messing up his body. Yes. That's um, the story. There, this, uh, the, the story does this wonderful thing where it opens with some crazy hillbilly guy who who flatter just goes like says like i killed this guy and now and then i just kill him again because i feel like it yeah it starts there and then by the end of the story you're on his side <laughs> yeah it starts and i'm like is this some weird john dies at the end shit yeah it, it's like yeah it's like some real murder balance kind of thing you know yeah. um i think uh spoiler alert, i think a lot of these stories kind of like fit in with this kind of tone it's cool it's um, awesome it, it feels like a murder ballad it, it feels like a murder ballad and i think like the next story is even darker i haven't read all the stories though. it's called an album but uh yeah the outlaw album too yeah so before I go into my thoughts on it, Daniel, why did you select this story out of the whole collection? Uh, because I have read a few not books by uh, Woodrow and whatnot. 
I really dig him. Some I don't always like. I mean, the, the stories aren't always like the breeziest and whatnot. Um, even though they're all like reasonably short. Um, I always want to read more. And I remember when I picked up uh the Outlaw album, and I was reading these stories and whatnot. And they're just they're very, yeah. Like I think like uh I think even last time when we were recording, you were just, like I was like yeah the Outlaw album. And you were just like what are they all a bunch of like like Outlaw Jennings like Willie Jennings like and I'm like. You'll see. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and like songs about big um old big bad Hank did things. Yeah, that it's like somewhere between there and then like like again like Nick Cave kind of like like America like a like American ball- like murder ballads kind of thing and sure. whatnot. Like and uh, and yeah, and it's told in like this really kind of interesting language where even though again it's very dark and violent, mm-hmm. it's always human. And this story in particular uh the one thing we haven't clarified is again that like the reason why he keeps like quote unquote killing the dead body over or again is that he's clearly taking out his frustrations especially because again like his family technically has all this this land and property but they're dirt poor because all the land is like has basically gone to ruin and it's mainly due to the fault of uh like quote unquote like gentrifiers rich rich city people gentrifiers and whatnot who come in and then here's this guy and again like every time we cut in with like what jefferson's like interactions with him Mm -hmm. are so fucking brutal yeah like uh every time you i I keep like wanting i keep looking at this line and whatnot that he says um you kind of said it already here one second. Uh, I don't give two shits about being neighborly with you people. Have you not noticed that? Yeah. Like that, and the description of like the dog taking two hours to die at the end. Yeah, after like, like shot um, is um, brutal. Yeah, it's it's one of like the like. So as I was saying earlier, um, the way the action is all described is very dispassionate. Mm-hmm. Even when like he does something, like he takes a hatchet out, he slams it into his chest, and then he stomps on it. Uh-huh. It's. It's written the description of like baking a cake. It's like, oh, um, some eggs were cracked, and then a lot of his, is is a lot of it in passive voice even. Um, I don't think so. I th- I thought it was active. Hmm. But like specifically, it was that description about him slamming like the putting like him saying slamming when he, when he just fucking puts like the like the hatchet in yeah, his chest. Yeah, he like literally buries like a hatchet in chest yeah. as as you said. Yeah, and mm-hmm. he's describing about how like the handle of the hatchet is like sticking up at his face out of the tarp. Yeah, yeah. and so it, it's described very very, um. Just matter of fact, plainly, yeah. but not not plainly isn't even how I'd put it. It just it there's a, like a almost gentleness to the word usage rather than do this describing the straight up violence. Yeah, that this is a sad story. <laughs> and then when he describes like the most sensitivity he uses in the whole story is when he describes the poor dog dying, and it's like oh just that's like a dog came and looked at it with his resigned eyes and just bled out for two hours and poor Ev like clutched her dress in her fists. Yeah. And then you're like, oh yeah, no, I'd probably shoot that guy too. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. And also Jipperson and everything about this. And you're doing this not for just like hurting your, your dog and whatnot. And him also treating you like shit. And the fact that people like him is the reason that you suffer every day. Yeah. And also he just really, really hurt your wife's feelings by killing her dog and everything yeah. like that. Like Bitsy. Yeah, it's it puts you, Gabe. I don't know how how much you uh uh what do you got empathize with uh, murderers with like uh, uh Ozarkian murderers and whatnot and and and, well, and you I know guess like it's all in the telling that that poor that poor white like kind of uh uh you know like what do you call it like people there and whatever like sure. I I, I want to say like hillbillies this is kind of like hillbillyish I don't know if they're literally hillbillies I I suppose so I, I mean you yeah. know I read a hillbilly elegy I wrote a whole thing on it yeah um. Uh, yeah, I have I have a lot of sympathy for. I mean, it's it's just the plights of the poor. Ultimately, yeah, we often we find that um that the strange behaviors that we don't understand of extremely poor neighborhoods are all unique but all the same in their same ways. Yeah, it's like how you and I um 
will never know what it means to be poor and black in the inner city. You and I will never know what it means to be poor and white in the mountains. Yeah. And like, obviously, and all we can do is have sympathy for the plights of the poor. Yeah. And, and uh, it, I mean, it, like, it's, it's all part of a narrative where we want to hate the rich. We, yeah. Every, and I do to... hate the rich. <laughs> and like, uh, but, and like, we hardly ever really get to like express our kind of like, uh, sympathizing and also empathizing with like with like the rich in various kind of circumstances and in this it there's it is this wonderful story that begins with a poor a poor ass white guy living in like the fucking mountains of the ozarks mm-hmm. who is a murderer and keeps yeah. mutilating the body out yeah, of anger mutilating a corpse and by the end you're just like you know what i'm this i'm this mur- i'm this much. poor white murderer in the ozarks like, like I, it's like yeah he's our guy there are little bits of description <laughs> that make you like like so the, the the story starts with incredibly garish violent language i mean having killed a man over and over again and then it kind of but then it addresses all the violence in like such a matter of fact like like casual way mm-hmm. and then by the end you're like you're, and you're kind of like what's it what's this dude's deal is he just a crazy murderer <laughs> And by the end, you know, he's just like, oh, then we watch the TV, me and my wife, and we laughed and we enjoyed the news and the commercials. And then an ad for dog shelter came up and, and like, then my <laughs> wife cried. He, she started crying before he could shut off the TV. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's like, I'm like, wow, that, that's, it's insanely, it's really good human writing, yeah. but written in a way that I'm like, I'm not even like familiar with. It's yeah. It's, um, I mean, again, this is also why a lot of his, no- his actual novels are short as well, where mm-hmm. it's just like, he is a beast in terms of like every, all, every word belongs prose. exactly where it is and whatnot. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, no. And, and again, like the, the best thing that this, that a story like this does, and also something like Winter's Bone, for example. And I, I don't know how much you obsess over Winter's Bone uh, as opposed to how much I obsess over I Winter's haven't Bone. seen it since we saw it. Oh yeah. I saw, I saw it many times. I mean, I, I, and I read the book. It, was, it wasn't <laughs> through any sort of like non-desire. It just yeah, never just, came up. Um, but like, yeah, no, it, you get in a, this really fucking interesting kind of description of like how a society like this actually works. Sure. Like this weird kind of, and again, like how I said before, how like important it is for these communities to not only know who you are and what you've done and if you talk to the police or not, but mm. also like if your grandfather did or a great grandfather, like yeah. you're, you're always going to hang that, you know, something very like American South, but in like a it's different It's just kind of like the Hunger Games. It's just like the Hunger Games. Where but, basically the first 10 minutes of Hunger Games is Winter's Bone. <laughs> basically. Yeah. And then it becomes the fucking Hunger Games. Then it becomes, no, then it becomes Battle Royale. Yeah, then it becomes Battle Royale. <laughs> <laughs> with um, Blade Runner with bright colors. Um, one last thing I want to get into, and it's, it's might be a tangent. Uh-oh. Not tangent. What's the word? You know, uh, a classic slow readers tangent. It's not a tangent. And I just want to say, like, apparently, I want to look for this uh, the next time uh, I'm at a bookstore. It's a book called The Power of the Dog, not Don Winslow's Power of the Interesting. Dog. Interesting. It is Thomas Savage's uh, 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 Power of the Dog. Who that? There's a I don't know. Um, there's mm-hmm. a movie coming out I think in 2021 by uh, Jane Campion. Oh, cool. Um, starring like Kirsten and dunce and like some other dudes and whatnot and it's based on this and I, I look at this guy and he's like like oh he's like this guy who wrote like literary westerns throughout the 20th century sweet he's dead um and like i was like cool and it's like and like yeah and power of the dog is like super like like violent and dark but it's like these really it, i think the whole story is about how like everyone turns against like this one guy's like wife and one of whom assuming is Kirsten Dunst. She's going to be the main character. Okay. And I listened to the audiobook for power of the dog being like, okay, I want to hear what it sounds like. It begins with a very, very poignant graphic description, not being overly grotesque, just very specific and detailed about like what it's, what it's like 
like castrating animals at on a thing to the point where like me i put it on i was like I'm like uh and hit pause yeah, I was like, you're, you're probably playing like a violent video game but you're here and it's like uh, i was like i was like oh god no oh god I'm put us away focus on bloodborne for a while that's it i want that book <laughs> that sounds, sounds awesome it sounds fucking cool but yeah. that's a complete side note yeah i know that's what i was saying not tangent. that's the thing thank you okay but we're um, the other uh, thing we do yes <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I think we should uh, go on break. Mm-hmm. Gabriel, I believe you have a game prepared for I do, I do. It took me a while to figure it out, too. Shit. Uh, that's fine. And Gabriel, uh-huh. let's throw us to break. When we come back after that, we'll do final thoughts. But now we're going to throw to break, break. Cracker Jack. And we're back. We're back, everybody. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> that, that was really hurting my throat. Awesome. Tooth slow readers. Yeah, it's America's fast-paced literature podcast brought to you by Tabletop Radio. Uh-huh. I'm still Gabriel. I'm still Daniel. Totally. And now we're gonna be playing one of our trademark slow readers games. because uh, the fun never stops. The fun never stops. We are the most explicit bad boy literature podcast. Fuck yeah! All over the internet. <laughs> yeah, all over it. <laughs> yeah, in our tiny little corner. In our tiny little corner. All right, Daniel. Yes. So I made the game this time around. Hmm. Um. And so I, I went through a lot of different ideas. Nothing really stuck, like Ozark fun facts. Nothing was very interesting about them. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, believe it or not. Um, I tried to find, you know, my usual thing where I do, like, I try to find quotes by Daniel Woodrell and see if there's anyone funny to compare him to. And there wasn't really anything. All of his quotes are about writing. Uh-huh. And if I'm going to compare quotes, I want it to be between two strange choices to have a lot of fun with it. Okay. I was like, oh, Maya Angelou's also from Missouri. No, they were nothing but like his quotes are about being in the Marines. Her quotes are about like find yourself. <laughs> so Daniel can't tell them apart. They're standing right next to him. Whoa, I'm seeing double here. Four crusties. So I decided to go to a well that we've talked about already. Oh yes. We're gonna talk a little bit about the actors of a film called Winter's Bone. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Clef Cossack. <laughs> oh no! By the Sorry. way, R.I.P. Bro. Yeah, R.I.P. Clef Cussler. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta do that. We gotta do a book. We gotta do a, a cuss. We gotta do a cuss. There's that ad. The cuss. Okay. There's that ad. Yep. Anyway, Daniel. So, this yeah. game is called Dick Hawks. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to describe a film, and you are gonna tell me: Does it feature one of two of these legendary character actors found at Winter's Bone? You're gonna tell me if the film. One of these little-known films has mm-hmm. Dale Dickey, Dale Dickey, America's or John Hawks, John Hawks, Hawks, Amer- America's indeed. So it needs to have both of them, or just one? Oh, just one. Okay. Yes, it's either Dickey or Hawks. Okay, and it's so, either yeah, it's either one of them or none of them. No, it's it's only one. It's either one of them. Oh, so I need to guess which one? Yes. Okay. All right. Yes. Okay. Cool. And so, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not aware, Dale Dickey is an older actress. She has kind of like a really thick jawline. If you know who Dale Dickey is, whenever you see her, you're like Dale Dickey. Yeah. She's maybe mm. most famous for playing Spooge's girlfriend Skank in Breaking Bad. Oh yeah, that's right. I yeah. Think her in that. Yeah, but you know she's in um uh Hell or High Water very briefly, mm. and she's in Winter's Bone. She's really amazing in it. Yeah, uh, she's I, the one who's like, "The why'd you drop him? You need both hands." Uh, <laughs> which, by the way, we're not to spoil what, what that scene is, but I want you to I want you all to see that movie or revisit it. And when Dale Dickey goes, "Why'd you drop him? We need both hands. The police know better than that." Yeah. Like me and Gabe. 
both simultaneously burst out laughing. Yeah. Because, and it's a great scene. It's awesome. It's, it's the, it was just like the most, it was it's, like the best slash worst thing to say at that yeah, time. It's, yeah, it's like like pure black comedy. It's like something Daniel Woodrow would say where it's like, it's the mundanity and the, the idea that violence is just something mm, so that these guys common, deal with. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And John Hawks, um, he's a actor of a kind of like craggy face. He's mm-hmm. probably best known for playing Soul Star in Deadwood. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know what other more familiar what would an average person know him from yeah i um he's I, um he's a uh, he's the brother prob- in eastbound and down yeah it's like yeah no there i also don't want to name any movies because i feel you know like I, you're gonna yeah. play a game for uh-huh. this so okay so I don't wanna, let's, yeah. let's just go for it <laughs> okay let's go for it hit the music that's some good ass music the film is called future kill it is a comedy science fiction horror film about a group of frat boys who were hunted by mutants in a futuristic city made in 1985. 1985. Fuck. Daniel, yes. does that film feature John Hawks or Dale Dickey? That's a shot in the dark. And also, I should say that, like, I'm sure both these actors have been in, like, hundreds of movies. They've been in a lot. Yeah. Um, I'm going to guess that's a John Hawks movie. The John Hawks film? Yes. Daniel? Yeah, get your little sound of my Daniel? Above. Yes. Correct. Hey, that was actually back when John Hawks was going by his real name, John Marvin Perkins, but he changed to John Hawks. But it turns out there's another John John Perkins who he couldn't be. Okay, cool. So good job, yeah, Daniel. One, Future kill. One out of how many? Do you know? Seven, maybe seven. Eight. Okay, I'm not counting. I got one. One right. Okay, here's okay. your next one. Okay. Trailer Park of Terror. It's a horror film about a group of high school students and their pastor who get trapped. In a trailer park of terror. Okay. Dickie or Hawks? And what year is this? This is a... Uh... Don't know. Okay, never mind. Can I write that one down? Um, Did well, I that... not write the years? Let's see. Both of them can easily play people in a, a trailer. Yes. I'm going to guess... Was that an ad for Homeland? It was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to guess... Clearly it could be either or, but I'm going to guess Dale Dickey. Dale yeah, guess Dickey. I'm going to guess Dickey. Nah. Incorrect, Daniel. Okay. Actually, I'm just kidding. It was Dale Dickey. It, what? What? No. <laughs> <laughs> and, and by, oh I, oh, I was kidding. You mean you were mistaken? Yes. <laughs> okay. I was looking at the wrong name. All right. We're okay. Yeah, that was Dale Dickey. <laughs> okay. Correct, Daniel. Two out of two so far. Good job, Yay. bro. Hey, but, but, like, again, we are both of us are huge fans of Dale Dickey and John Hawks. Both of them, yeah. Like, uh, I'm so happy to see them. Go ahead. Being Flynn. A Paul Dano, Robert De Niro film, which is a drama about an aspiring writer who works at a homeless shelter where his estranged father is a client. Um, fun fact, this film is actually based on the book called Another Bullshit Night in Suck City, and they called it Being Flynn. So, yeah. I'm gonna guess. Yes, Daniel. That, again, like, clearly it can be either Dick or. Dick Hawk! I'm gonna guess that's Hawk. John Hawks. Daniel, that is incorrect. Oh, no. It is Dale Dickey in that film as Marie. All right. Just because I know Paul Dano did a, a couple movies with uh, Hawks, so yeah. Yeah. Your next I one. I was thinking, now. like, they're friends. They're going to be together. They're bros. Okay. okay, next one. Yeah, you keep scoring. Okay, got two. Home Fries. Luke Wilson and Drew Barrymore star in a black comedy about two scheming brothers, a womanizing stepfather, an unintentional death, and a waitress. Fun fact, this movie was written by Vince Gilligan. Huh. Uh, never heard of him before. Yeah, um, believe it or not. Must be some bow. 
Uh, some some cool dude. Some we guy. talking Dicky, we talking Hawks. Uh again, shot in the dark. I can see that being either or I'm gonna guess that is a hockey's. A hockey? A hockey's. Uh, Correct, Daniel. Okay. <laughs> right. He plays Randy. Yeah, I got him. I got him. You got that guy. I got you, Hawks. I think you only have one, two, three. There's only four left. Four. Okay, only four. So we're halfway through. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then I, I did eight again. Didn't yeah, I? you did eight. That's fine. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. You can tie and win. Here's your next one. Uh huh. Waffle Street, a drama comedy starring Danny Glover. A young man loses his Wall Street hedge fund job and becomes a graveyard shift server at a chicken and waffle shack. Gabriel? Are you talking Hawks or Dicky? I'm saying anytime you need a fucking hard-nosed fucking veteran goddamn waiter, uh-huh. it's going to be the dick. It's going to be the it's dick? It's going to be the Dale Dicky. Big old Dicky? Okay. <laughs> Correct, Daniel. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> her name in the film is Crazy Kathy. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. I'm all for it. Totally. Four. Nice. Here's I, your next one. By the way, uh, I'm sure me and Gabriel so far have seen none of these movies. I've seen zero of these okay. films. Yeah, I, I don't even- Waffle Street sounds charming. All these names sound like fake movies. <laughs> <laughs> all right. They could be. So I got four to five so far. So yeah, far. Right. good job, Daniel. Here's your next one. Blue Streak, a buddy comedy starring Martin Lawrence and Luke Wilson again. It's all about a jewel thief and a cop who sort of team up to find a missing diamond. We talking Dickie, we talking Hawks. <sighs> it's a crime story. If like if like someone's like, hey, I need a crazy guy to be on the team, it's going to be Hawks. <laughs> but if it's like, oh, these guys stop at a diner and come across a hard-nosed woman who's like a veteran person. A crazy Kathy? It's going to be a crazy Kathy. Um, I'm going to take a shot in the dark and say Hawks. Hawk is. Yeah. Correct, Daniel. John Hawks plays Eddie. Okay. <laughs> you know he's a criminal. Yeah, that guy's—he's definitely a criminal. Mario Lawrence is like Eddie. What happened to my diamond? And Eddie, and Eddie goes, "Oh, what's up?" And then someone else just shoots him in the head. Yeah, it's Luke <laughs> Wilson who suddenly is a murderer. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, and there's a new, there's a podcast. I was gonna say new. It's probably been around for a while called um, Rewatchables. Radio Lab. What's that? <laughs> Rewatchables, where they oh. bring people on to talk about a movie, and they do this thing that it's kind of hard to follow because I've only listened to the Tarantino episodes, which you can imagine are almost kind of hard to follow because I of bet. how fast they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they do a thing at the end where they go like, "Who like the best or who is the that guy award?" Which they call like oh, sure. the, the Joey Pantoliano thing, uh-huh. where it's like you see a movie and it's like. Oh, it's got that guy. Yeah. You know? And mm-hmm. it's like like Joey Pants is like the guy. Yeah. By the way, they also call him Joey Pants. Sure. Um, so like it's Joe just Pa? Like both of Not the Joe pa. both Dale Dickey and John Hawks are the that guys. Yes. You know? Yeah. They're like you know, and I love that guy actors. They're always yeah. just like like just fucking assassins. And it's fucking cool when one of them gets like a fucking lead role in something and they're yeah. awesome. <laughs> or the guy who plays the villain in Shawshank Redemption, whose name I never remember. Yeah. Who always plays like a like a stentorian kind of like villain. Except yeah. for in I Heart Huckabee's where he plays the goofy stepdad who dances around to Shania Twain. I, I, I love those guys who get to do something weird. That, yeah. Next one, Daniel. Yes. The infamous S. Darko, the sequel to Donnie Darko. That happened for some reason. Yes. Daniel, who's in S. Darko? Is it Dale Dickey or John Hawks? Gabriel? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that's, that's Dale. That's Dale. That's Dale. That's the Dale. Double D. Oh. Incorrect, Daniel. Right. I thought you'd know that one. I thought I did too. <laughs> yeah, no, John Hawks. All right, John Hawks. All right, he plays Phil. That's fine. I got five. I got five. You right. five. You five. Here's five. your last one. Here's your last one. Okay, last one. Get ready. Get ready. Last one. This film is called Wish Man. 
It's a biopic about Frank Shankwitz, who was an Arizona motorcycle cop who ended up creating the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Hmm. We talking dick? We talking hawk? I mean, that could be any of them. Uh, I have no idea. Gabriel? Yeah. Uh -huh. It's a ghost. <laughs> I was trying to swipe away text from um, yeah, that friend, friend of the show Katie Kometz, and <laughs> instead clown laugh happened. Happens all the fucking time. What is what is Katie Ann Kometz want? And why is she not on our show right now? Why is she not on the show? You know why? Hates reading. Hates reading. Shout out to Katie Ann Kometz. Shout out to Dr. Phil Laporta, who also hates reading. You know, uh, yeah, really. Fucking Come Jesus on, Phil. We love you, Phil. Phil. Alright, uh, I'm gonna guess, sorry. Uh, I'm gonna guess, uh, uh, John Hawks. John Hawks? Ow. Jesus. Fuck you, table. Daniel? <laughs> no, wrong one. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> no. These <Sorry>. sound positive? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what'd you say again? Uh, <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> I really don't remember. I think John Hawks. I you said Hawks? I think I said Hawks. Okay. Okay. Incorrect. That is Dale Dickey. She portrays a character named Clover. Okay. Daniel, you still won the game. I still won. You know your Dick Hawks. I know my Dick Hawks. Dick Hawks starring Rutger Hauer and Special Stallone. Fuck yeah. Well done, Daniel. Congratulations. Uh, yeah. Woo. Echoes and Neighborly Bounce. Echoes the neighborly bounce. Echoes the neighborly. Echoes the neighborly. Echoes the neighborly bounce. Hey! Okay. I can't believe we actually been successfully doing. Yeah, we pull it off. I can't stress, guys. Our first one was utter gibberish. It goes echo neighborly bones. Echo neighborly bones. Echo neighborly bones. And we didn't even make it to the end. Like it was great. All right. So Gabriel, very good game. Yeah, buddy. It always feels good to win. That's it. We're gonna go to break. Okay. When we come back, we're gonna do final thoughts. Uh, hazy memories, and they'll talk about what we're gonna be doing next. Tight. All right, Gabriel. Okay. Let's break. Let's do it. And we're back. Where's us? Welcome, dear listener readers. Hello, everyone. To the third and final part and conclusion of the entire show. Yeah. <laughs> it's not true at all. To slow readers. A show about books. A show about cursing. A show about reading. A show about love. A show about darkness. A show about the Ozarks. Yeah. <laughs> Have you has um do you know anything about Ozarks the the TV show? Yeah, I'm uh some friends of mine watch it, some are big friends. Um it's kind of, some big friends. <laughs> um uh, Jason Bateman does like um economics and like money laundering. Yeah. And he gets involved with some bad stuff, so he has to move to the Ozarks with his wife played by Laura Linney and he does more money laundering between two rival families. Yeah. That's my understanding. I hear it's really good. Everyone who sees it says that it's great. I mean, it's a lot like all these other, like, kind of like, uh, you know, prestige crime drama, prestige crime drama, like the Americans the same way, where it's like everyone who sees the Americans loves the Americans. Everyone who sees Ozarks loves Ozarks. Yeah, but you should see the Americans. I'm sure. I'm sure Oz is also like, you got to watch it and be like, ah, I don't, I don't want to, it's, but I'm sure it's, it's amazing. I'm sure it's awesome. I mean, yeah. it's a before uh, uh, Sopranos, right? What? Uh, Oz. Oh, that, yeah. That came up before. Uh, Oz predates it. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oza oh, Ozark, not Ozarks. Ozark. Uh, at the same, I look at something like this and I'm like, dude, seriously, is like, is Woodrow at all like affiliated? Do I don't think so. But explain where he's been. Could be. I don't know where that fucking jerk off has been. Maybe he's like a like an associate or a producer, yeah. or a consultant on it. Might be a sad thing, like when you hear mm -hmm. about like where um uh uh, uh uh what's his face has been uh Tim Curry, and you're just like, where has he been? Oh, oh, that's that's really unfortunate. I mean, he's still working. He's still doing voice acting. Yeah. Anyway, let's not anyway. let's not explain that to any of the re listener readers. Yeah, let them look it up. You know, a lot of the directors of this actually directed episodes of The Outsider. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, Andrew Bernstein and uh, Daniel Sackheim. Well, to be fair, um, uh, 
Jason Bateman EP'd both shows. True. And they're obviously Jason Bateman directed a bunch of episodes of this as well. I just see that right now. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's fucking cool. Guys, also watch The Outsider. It's really good. Guys, this is a fucking fast-paced literature fast-paced podcast. Fast-paced literature podcast where the we halt never paces. The po- the, we never stopped a Wikipedia thing. We never stopped things. nothing. Gabriel. Uh-huh. So, okay, so we read... So, oh, so, so, like, final thoughts. Gabriel, this is the first time you read prose anything by, by daniel woodrow yeah yeah the only thing you've seen you've seen an adaptation of his film mm-hmm. that you liked yeah um, how do you feel about reading daniel woodrow daniel i'll tell you something kind of amusing that okay. i probably should have been doing a long time ago whenever you've picked a story uh-huh. um so i was napping as i as i do i woke up and i'm like oh fuck i should read this story i opened up the story and immediately i'm like you know what i'm gonna do I'm going to read this in my head as if it's an old, old man doing an audiobook version of it. Nah. And I enjoyed it much more quickly right away. Uh-huh. I think, like, maybe I should start reading anything you pass me if that kind of, like, like the pace of a, of a, of a glacial, grizzled old man <laughs> just being like... <laughs> Once Boschel finally killed his neighbor... He couldn't seem to quit killing him. Well, first off, that voice is actually probably closer to the Ozarkian thing. There you go. Or, or th- for, you know, some, like the for something my... like this in Carver, the whole idea is that, like, well, they're not meant to be fast bad, right? The way my brain works, <laughs> um, I just capture the image of words, basically, and just take in knowledge from it. Like, that's the best way I can describe the way I, fe- I speed read. Mm-hmm. I don't read individual words. I capture whole sentences and move down. Well, yeah, reading, um, uh, uh, reading, like, I've, I've read, actually, all, like, a bunch of nonfiction by, uh, Carver, actually, mm-hmm. and, like, which, I mean, it's that thing that I think we've, we've touched on various times of, like, all, like, the, the writers I tend to like, especially, like, the, and whatnot. Are poets. They're, yeah, it's, like, it's, like, they're poets. You don't speed read poetry. Yeah, that's probably you know? why I've never been able to get into poetry. Yeah. Um. That said, uh, unless a beautiful woman's reading it to me, I think I think maybe uh, after next week when we're gonna do possibly 100 years, um, we'll get to that later. We'll explain what the fuck we're talking about, okay. readers. Um, but like, uh, I was actually gonna like say like, well, um, we get we have gonna have a whole discussion on poetry and whatnot, especially with Carver because Carver is one of like the very few poets. I read something and I was like, all right, let me read this poem. Mm-hmm. <gasps> sure. And uh, like, you know, you'll see what I mean. Uh, but we'll get to that next time, Gabriel. Yeah. Uh, so final thoughts. Yeah. So like, uh, yeah. Any anything? Any any other bullshit you had to say? About oh, sorry. Um, uh, yeah. yeah we, we got on a tangent there. Yeah, we did. Um, I really really <laughs> like the way this is written. I especially like like the circular timeline of it. Almost like it's just very very. It took its sweet time, and it was violent and very surprisingly shockingly human mm-hmm. and kind for as grisly as it can be. There's like a sweetness and real sadness to it amidst all like the darkness yeah you know like it's it's impossible to hate a man who killed another man because he killed your wife's dog and made your wife cry there's Mm. it's impossible to hate that man it's like it's like any character in like like in any shakespearean tragedy you can't hate a man who did everything for his son it's not possible yeah and yeah, and again, like a lot, I think a lot of the stories are basically in here, and they're about murder. But murder. Yeah, no, it's like outlaw, outlaw Again, murder? like kind of what I said about Woodrow and his like past with like experience, just being around violence. Is that like yeah, no, he he doesn't celebrate violence. These are violent stories, but like they're always about people, first and foremost. Yeah, it's I a agree. plane. <laughs> it's a, a plane, plane in the plane. road. Oh my god! Oddly enough, there's another short story. Sally's here. There's another short story collection out there by a guy named Frank Bill. Two mm. first names. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and like, and they're kind of like some are they're like dark, violent stories, but they're gonna like, but they're like highly acclaimed and everything. He's the guy that wrote like Donnie Brook and oh cool 
and Savage. Like, I think it's called the Savage or something like that. I don't know. Anyway. True. Uh, but yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Your you final have... thoughts, Daniel. My final thoughts. Um, yeah. Fucking hell. I dig the shit out of this. Yeah. Uh, every time I, I, again, I pick this up. I read it. It's a very short story. It's not even like 10 page. It's actually shorter. It, it, the, the entire sto- uh, collection is actually pretty short. Mm-hmm. And every time I pick this up and I was like, I fucking want to read the rest Slim of them. Volume. Um, I read, I think I read most of them. And I don't really remember. I remember the next one, which I believe is called uncle. Uh, is also like fucking great and also again mm. very dark and, and is it about whatnot. trying to get all the all the Chinese talismans to defeat Shenlong? Huh? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, I don't know what that Jackie Chan Adventures to. reference. Okay, Jesus Christ! What? Wait, what about uh, what, what, Jackie Chan? What? 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 What do you mean? Where'd that come from? <laughs> what uncle who must do research? Huh? Did you never watch Jackie Chan Adventures? Not really. That's okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you were never. I, you were never gonna get it. Okay. That's okay. All right. There's someone out there who's like, yeah, yeah. One fucking asshole out there who's like, they fucking talked about Jackie Chan Adventures. Finally, Ibrahim, <laughs> uh. friend of the show, and I almost had a YouTube series where we talked about every episode of Jackie Chan Adventures and ordered Chinese food. That's actually a good idea for sure. It was a really good idea, and I made a pilot, and Eeb said it wasn't good enough. But I I think listening to Eeb suck on noodles is going to be awful. Well, I think I mentioned, I think I said it in the show before. But the best thing was that Eeb's energy flag, like, like ricocheted (laughs) so hard across it. Like, he started the thing normal, and then he got super hyped making the phone call to order the food, like crazy hyper. Yeah. And then he eats, then he's like a corpse. Oh, my. (laughs) It's like three different men wearing the same beard. Oh, for, for listeners, sake and then like again i would love to do more episodes with eve which is impossible yeah it's not possible. um but like the best thing about him is his unpredictable energy yeah ibrahim omar is a documentary filmmaker in new york i yes. used to make short sketch comedy film with him born and, and bred brooklyn born and bred brooklyn he's a he's a card um yes. uh, he's currently producing and directing a documentary about the uh the lgbtq latino punk scene mm-hmm. and i can't wait to see it yeah, and like to describe what it's like doing a show with them, I, I forgot what it was exactly, but I remember we were recording with, in a group, and Eve was like pretty kind of quiet and docile for a little bit, like speaking very proper. And then at some point, he just goes, oh, and then like starts talking super street and like energetic, and we're just like, where'd this come from? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just like, you don't know what it's, and it's always fun. It if really you ever is, want yeah. to hear our most intolerable episode, oh, no. it's the one of us um, uh, in all in a hotel room, drunk out of our minds. Uh, really tired, drunk, and, and like... We've yeah, been on our feet for like fifteen hours. Uh, it's it's crazy. It's yeah. a good time. Anyway, so uh, uh, final thoughts. Yeah. Uh, no, it's good. Um, Great. That's it, Gabriel. We yeah. have one little thing to do about the story before we set it aside. It's a little thing indebted to us by the old uh, old man by the name old of Horn Dog. Shawnee B. Horny. Yeah. From the Ozarks himself mm-hmm. of, of uh, Allenton or Bethlehem. Uh, uh Fountain Hill. Fountain Hill? Lehigh Valley. All right, I was going to say, like, the fuck is Fountain Hill? Yeah. Uh, to our dear friends at the Whip Around Podcast, if you're in the Lehigh Valley area, they are participating in the Lehigh Valley Podcasting Festival. We'll be doing a live show, so give them your listens, give them your likes and subscribes, check them out, they're good mm-hmm. friends of ours, mm-hmm. and they're doing a live show. Yes. Props. Uh, props to them. Gabriel, mm-hmm. years from now when you remember having read Echo, Echo of Neighborly Bones. Echo of Neighborly Bones. Oh. All right, stop. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Let's not do that again. Uh, uh, We did it. We've been doing it off air as well for listeners. Pretty much. Um, Gabriel, years from now, you remember having read the story. What will come to your mind as a hazy memory? Take a wild guess, Daniel. It's the dying dog. It's the dying dog. Yeah, that's that's the best description. And like, 
less than a paragraph of what it's like to lose a pet. Yeah. And then you know they have like the like the the, to- the topsy turviness of starting with something so garish and then understanding a man's actions. Yeah, it's really cool. What about you, homeboy? <sighs> I'm trying to think because uh, like there's like having a hazy again having a hazy memory, having read this already and kind of being like, oh, I, yeah. I think this is a story about like some crazy guy who like kills a man and then like by the end you're just like, yeah, fuck that guy, yeah, fuck Jefferson, fuck that, fuck Jefferson, he deserved to die, kill him again, dude. Yeah, like having the thing, it is that it is some it is. You know, oddly enough, it was, it's not even memorable having just read it, but it's like uh, him talking to the body and taunting and whatnot, saying like, like after he, I think he's like, uh, hits him in the chest with a hatchet and just mm-hmm. goes like, yeah, how do you like that? Or something like that. Yeah. Would have been a lot easier just buying moon chickens, wouldn't it? Yeah. New guineas. Exactly. New guineas. Or a, a guinea sell for a, whole lot less. a buck 50 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's oddly enough, like the thing I immediately actually came to mind. It doesn't make sense. But that's what came to mind. It's not the dying dog, oddly enough, mm-hmm. or the way it begins. All of them do, but specifically, it's that one actually comes to the sure. forefront. I like that a lot. Yeah. Gabriel, uh-huh. let's take old Daniel Woodrow, by the way, good name. Bye, Dan. And we're going to just set him aside, gently over here. But you threw all my books on the floor really hard. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do I say... Do I, I, no, I'm just I was going to say, they're not always your books. I always throw them. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, I, I don't care about the, like, the quality of my books. Yeah, meanwhile, I do. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, do you want to plug Daniel? Uh, yeah, let's plug. Actually, let's uh next week. Oh yeah, we're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna back to, We're back on the island. Oh Jesus Christ! Uh, we're gonna continue most likely with mm-hmm. uh back to the old sub series. Stranded. 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 Thank you. Stranded. Uh, dead or Stranded Um, or we're gonna go to. Uh, the classic novel by Gabriel Garcia Marquez. The old town of Macondo. Old Macondo dude himself. Old Macondo dude himself. Macondo dude himself. Sure. 100 Years of Solitude. Yeah. The classic, classic Latin American uh, novel. Like essential Latin American text. Essential, which basically created the Latin American craze in the 20th century. Totes. Uh, yeah. And Gabriel, I can't wait to talk about this as if we can get around to it. We'll see. Um, that said, looking forward to that. Gabriel, mm-hmm. plug. Um, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't done it already, please check out Self-Evident Asian American Stories. It is a cultural heritage documentary podcast about the Asian American experience. I produced episode three, the talk we were supposed to have. I'm very, very proud of it. I wrote it. I uh, produced it. And um, I performed it once. So it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I performed it live and uh, on the radio. Um, it's all about my life. And I'm very, very pleased. It was featured on the AV Club, so I'm legit, y'all. Oh! Um, give this show, once again, some stars and listen subscribes. And just because I love it so much, listen to the podcast Dear Young Rocker. It's one of the best podcasts I've ever heard. It's just a delight. Daniel! Yes. <clears throat> Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Top Gaunt Radio and on Instagram at Slow Readers, uh, where I'm mostly active. You can also check out my fiction right now, which is available at any ebook retailer available. Yeah, boy. And also on top of this, you can buy Chobo. the physical copies of the books off of Amazon. It is uh, The Shadow from the Deep and A Cook in the Kingdom. A Cook in the Kingdom turned out very well. I think that's one of my hey, favorite hey. ones. Uh, so check them out. Guys, <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's the um, gals. Everyone in between. That's the uh, that's the end of the the end of the the end of the show. Cool. Um, see you guys next time for 100 Years of Solitude. I mean, whatever, guys. Or whatever. Bye. And gals. Bye. This has been a Top Count Radio production. Executive produced by Daniel Gonzalez and Gabriel Mara. For more shows and information, go to topcountradio.com. dot